This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 275. And the quote of the day is from LL Cool J, who said, Stay focused, go after your dreams, and keep moving towards your goals. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Friends and family, what's happening? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. I hope everybody's doing well, and I hope you had a good week so far. And this episode today, uh, I think, is going to give you a little a little kick in the butt if you need it to go out there and follow what you're trying to do. So I have Ben Lotion on, and he's a listener of the podcast, but he's he's a full-time drummer. But the interesting thing is he transitioned from having a day gig as an engineer to now playing full-time, producing, living in LA, playing at like Coachella and South by Southwest and touring all over the world. So an amazing transition that he made. And he talks about it in detail, how he did it, how he sort of slowly made the transition going from, you know, working part-time and playing part-time to transitioning to full-time. And it's not only an inspiring story, it's an informative story. And just, there's a bunch of little nuggets in there that Ben shares about how he actually made this transition from day gig to playing full-time. So again, I hope that you get a ton of value out of this. And if you get value out of the podcast in general, do me a favor, leave a rating or a review On iTunes, it's super simple to do. It'll take you about two minutes to do it. Uh, You just go into iTunes, search for Drummer's Resource, go to the ratings and review, and click leave a review. That's all you got to do. Or you can just click on the stars if you want to rate it one through five stars. I would appreciate it. And without further ado, let's get into it with the one and only Ben Lotion. Ben, what's happening, brother? Hey, Nick. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Thanks. Uh, thanks for doing this. I'm glad we. I'm glad we got this connected. There was some. Well, we're not going to get into us going back and forth and, and bore everybody with the details. But I think it's you have such an amazing story, and the fact that you wrote me an email to just say, "Hey, I listened to you know, I listened to your podcast. I listened to one of these sessions. It resonated with me." And just you were just starting a dialogue, and I thought that your story was so amazing. I was like, you got to come on the podcast. We got to talk about it because um, you transitioned from, let's call it the quote unquote, like safe thing, which I don't even think is the safe thing anymore. But you had like the day gig and you did all that and you transitioned and you didn't yeah. do it like you weren't like 17 when you were like, Oh, I'm going to get out of this day gig and start work. Cause you don't really have a day job when you're 17 or 18, 19 years old. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so let's, I want a little bit of backstory on, I know that you're in LA now, but I know that, that you didn't grow up in LA. So I want to talk about one, just a bit of backstory, build some context, name, all that stuff, and then really dive into your story and how you made that transition from working a day gig to playing full-time professional. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Seattle and um, I, uh, I did uh, go to Colorado, Denver, uh, actually um, for college and spent about nine years there. So I'm kind of from both places, but mm. Seattle is really where I, where I grew up. Which is uh, crazy. Denver's have, having like this huge music scene that's blowing up. Yeah. It's yeah, it's all kinds of scenes yeah. blowing up there. <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah, we can get into that later. <laughs> um, so I, I started with piano from a pretty young age, mm-hmm. um, and um, I was just immediately, you know, I liked it, but I was immediately drawn to the drums and the electric guitar just straight away because right. in Seattle, um, you know, if people remember early 90s grunge was on mtv it was all bands and it was all guitar based rock music um with loud drums and loud guitars so um i think it was actually my uh my fifth grade band audition where i started playing drums because literally everyone in the school wanted to play drums in the band because like, mm. that's a fun instrument of right? course so, every, yeah and and then yeah. they're like uh, all the drummers are filled you have to play you know something that you don't want to play like i don't know 
Whatever. Right. The well, it's the loudest, most obnoxious instrument when you're nine. You of know, course. It's fun. So they lined like 30 of us up and just had us like pat our head and rub our stomach. I don't know if that's a common <laughs> thing they do in, uh, in schools um, uh, to audition kids. But that was like, I like to think of it as like my first cattle call audition because it sort of was. But anyway, so I start taking lessons and playing in school band and everything. And I studied with... Um, a couple uh, great teachers out in the Seattle area who are still uh, are still very active up there, uh, Chase Culp and uh, Scott Ketron. And uh, they were really coming from a heavy uh, symphonic percussion background. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they would, they would show me, you know, the Matt Cameron grooves and Dave Grawl stuff that I, I would beg them to show me. But right. then they also turned They're me like, on. They're like, I don't want to show you this stuff, but I'll show you anyway. <laughs> yeah. It also turned me on to a lot of other uh, great music, and um, I kind of got into jazz um, really heavy-duty in uh, high school, uh, really through Scott. Um, He was involved in um, this uh, community music organization up there uh, for kids. Um, It was kind of a draw for all the... um, um, all the like band kids up there who wanted a little something extra outside of school. And uh, so I was active there in percussion ensembles and big bands and, and then playing in my school big band and marching band. And we were, um, we would go to these jazz festivals and compete on a national level and marching nice. band and everything. And um, I was just all about music throughout middle school, high school, just, get up in the morning, you know, go to jazz band at 6.30, do, you know, uh, wind ensemble, and then I'd go over to this community college down the street that had this, like, legendary um, Northwest music educator right. um, teaching there, and he was semi-retired, but this was, like, his one thing he was still doing, and it was right down the street, so we nice. figured out we could take, um, we could get, actually, high school credit um, by taking classes at this community college. And so I'd go to jazz band there. And then after school, I'd do like a drumline rehearsal and then go take a lesson. So it was just music all day long. And all of this kind of led to um, some scholarships to music schools, did a bunch of auditions, um, was going to do the whole music, study music at a university thing. Right. Um, and at this point, like, sorry to interrupt yeah, you, but at this point, sure. are you like, I'm going to do this as do this for my career or was it just, I really enjoy doing this. So I want to keep doing it. No, I wasn't really thinking about that being a decision I had to make yet, you know, until, until it was time to finally sort of like make that decision and pick a major and stuff, because I was, I was already accepted to these, to these, um, schools and, um, I was looking at places where, okay, well, this place has a great music school, but it also has a bunch of other stuff, so Mm -hmm. I can always switch my major, you know, whatever. This doesn't have to be such a heavy, like, career life decision right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also had a lot of people at the time, um, just a lot of voices around who were like, you know, music's a tough, it's a tough road. It's, you know, there's no guarantee of this or that. Right. uh, which it is but and that's all that every other every other road is difficult too like right well it's difficult if you if your heart's not in it no matter Mm -hmm. what it is right you know that's the main thing it's um if you want to do it you can do it it's just i i wasn't sure if i really you know had it in me i don't know i was just when you're 18 that's a hard decision to make um and you know so i had teachers telling me like um if you can do anything else, do it. And at the time I was thinking that was, um, I was coming at that from like a practical place. Like if you are capable of doing something else, maybe you should. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good at math and physics. Like I have these other interests. Maybe I'll do engineering. That's cool. And, um, so I did. Which if you're good at that, you can make, you can have a pretty cushy life. Sure. If you're good at math and you're good at physics and and you mm-hmm. you become an engineer, yeah, you will find a job and you yeah. will make money by and large. I mean, sure, there's yeah. exceptions, but like you can be the greatest drummer in the world and never work a day in your life. <laughs> you know, 
That's true. Like, That's which is which is scary. I always said that about being a drummer versus being an athlete. If you were a great athlete, you can get on a team. You can go try out for the Dodgers or the Phillies or whoever. And if you're good enough, you'll make the team. But yeah, just because you're a good drummer or a musician doesn't mean that you'll get gigs. So yeah, it's sort absolutely. of like there's no... Yeah, and maybe it's because it's playing music for a living is a, an appealing thing to a lot mm-hmm. of people, I guess. And um, maybe math and physics isn't quite as much. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, there's definitely, even now, I feel like more so, there's there's just more ways to, if you have interest in computer science or math, like you're you're good. You can just go off and do that mm-hmm. as long as you want to. But um, I... You know, for me, um, I was just, I was consumed by this engineering major and I stuck with it and I really had almost no time for anything else. Um, so I didn't really touch my drums for like, for those four years. Um, I ended up getting a job uh, in Denver in a manufacturing industry doing engineering there. And um, it, uh, you know, it just, it didn't take long for me to be like, okay, what am I doing? Right. <laughs> like, uh, it, so were you still playing at all? Very little. Yeah. I would, I had a, a couple friends who, you know, would play in bands and stuff on the weekends. And I was starting to kind of get to just tip my toe back in it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, okay, maybe I, if I just scratched that itch, you know, playing, playing some like indie rock band in Denver and, you know, um, like maybe that'll be enough for me and right. like I can do that on the weekends. And so I did that for a little while and it just, you know, I, I just was not myself. I was completely uncomfortable in my own skin having this weird double weekend life. warrior, double life thing where I was like, right. you know, an engineer all day. And then I just, I just didn't know who I was after being so obsessed with music and just living sleeping, breathing music all day long, most of my childhood. Um, so yeah, I was playing in Denver and stuff and, um, I ended up, um, getting this opportunity to, uh, to go on the road, um, in a very, very like ground level situation. Right. But, um, it was the kind of thing where it was going to be, you're going to kind of be off and on for a few months, um, going around the country with this country pop singer. And, um, so I'm like, okay, I'm still kind of young. Um, I'm like 25 at this point, I think. Um, so like, okay, uh, you know, maybe I'll just explore this touring thing and right. could lead to other things. I don't know. Maybe take some time off from engineering. But you still have a job at this point. I still had a job, but I decided I was going to quit basically. Really? Because, like, <laughs> yeah. so, so here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the question. I mean, was there, did you have money in the bank? Were you, did you, how long did it take you to plan to quit? Or did you just right. decide one day I'm going to quit and I'm out of here? No, that's a, uh, that's an excellent question. <laughs> so, um, I, uh, I did, I was already saving. Um, I had kind of, you know, between like 22 and 25, all this stuff is kicking around in my head. Like, man, I gotta, I gotta do something to change what I'm doing with right. my life and just at least explore some other things. And, and no matter what, I better have, <laughs> I better have some money stashed. Yeah. Up. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And fortunately I'm so lucky I did this. I'm like, I didn't know what I was doing at all, right. but I bought a house, um, in the first couple of years when I uh, was working full time and mm-hmm. had a good salary, had great credit, had um, virtually no expenses, you know, no kids, whatever. Right. Um, so I was able to uh, to buy a small house in Denver and um, kind of turn that into like a, I turned the basement into a studio. And, okay. Um, so I'd have my bands rehearse over there and was getting into recording and getting into practicing more. So it wasn't a sudden decision like, oh, I'm just going to cut off right. the day job and just go and see what happens. Like it, it was something I was working towards, but when this opportunity to go on the road came up, I, I was like, okay, I mean, I can always get another job in engineering or go back to school and get a graduate degree right. or I don't know, whatever. So, um, I go in, uh, and meet with my boss and I'm thinking I'm going to quit. Right. And, um, like I have this other side to me. Um, I have this opportunity to explore it a little bit. So, um, 
been great working here. He's like, well, do you want to work part-time? And it had never occurred to me that would even be an option. Right. Um, it was nothing I'd considered. So I'm like, yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be, um, you know, I'd be in the back of the, the van or whatever, you know, um, doing like CAD drawings. Um, anyone's listening and knows what that is. Yeah. Like yeah. Computer engineering drawings. Yeah. For manufacturing. Um, so I'd be doing that on my laptop and then like emailing the office over like truck stop Wi-Fi in the middle of wherever and you know um but it worked right <laughs> but it, it it uh yeah because as we all know no gig lasts forever so mm -hmm. pretty soon that ran its course and i was back in um in denver um like okay what now well good thing i still am employed um mm -hmm. even if it's part-time um so i'm like well i can become a little more active in music um now uh that i have that and I'm, I have some sort of financial cushion, um, you know, to, so I started playing in top 40 bands. Um, I started just getting myself out there right. in, um, so you know, in, the, in the local music. We talk community. about this. I'm going to cut you off because I, we got because yeah. we got to get deeper. So yeah. the, you know, everyone talks about it. It's like, Oh, well, how did, what did I do? I went out, I networked, yeah. I got involved in the scene. I got these gigs you know, I started doing this. I started playing in this band. I started playing in this band. I started playing in this band. But no one really talks about tactics. No one willingly because <laughs> I think people just skim over it. Not because they're holding it close to their chest. They just don't, they don't really think about, you know, zero to one, so to speak. So I want to dig down for someone who is in your situation or in the situation that you were in, man, I'm trying to make this transition and maybe they have a part-time gig. You know, I, yeah. I mean, for me, I think that if you're really serious about this, however much money you make right now a year, chances are you can probably do that doing something else that gives you a more flexible schedule. So like if a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to leave. I got my 401k and I got this. Blah, 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 blah. Well, if you're really serious about it, then go get a waitressing job, go get a bartending job, yeah. hustle and make it fit into your schedule and do it. Like you can make without exaggerating, you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year being a bartender. Hands, For sure. Absolutely. No questions asked. You know what I mean? And if you need, if you can't live off a hundred grand a year, then you need to adjust your lifestyle. So, <laughs> Um, yeah. so for you, you are, so you have this part-time gig. What I'm trying to do here is level the playing field of someone. Well, I don't have a part-time gig. All right, well, go get a part-time right. gig. Make Something with some flexibility, some flexibility, full-time, part-time work from home, whatever. Right. Is. So yeah. go figure that out first, right? Yeah. Get quit. Like if you have a corporate job, quit. I get it. You got bills and all that stuff. But like, if you're going to want to make a sacrifice, then you're going to have to sacrifice to do it. That's just the long and the short. And the older you get, the harder it's going to be. So now everyone's on the same playing field. You have a part-time gig and you're essentially a weekend warrior, right? Now let's, yeah. oh, all right. So how do I, how, how did you get quote unquote, get into the scene? What were some things that you did? Tell us some, some takeaways okay. and some tactics. Well, Denver has a music scene, like you mentioned. Right. Um, um, so I got into that scene, I guess, um, just by playing in bands and going to jams and open mics and, you know, all the things we hear about all the right. time players doing. Um, uh, but at some point I moved to LA, um, mm -hmm. because I felt like I, kind of hit a wall in Denver and um, uh, I can get into that in a sec, but uh, um, I ended up, uh, ended up playing in this band that was, um, it was, a it was on slightly, uh, slightly like larger scale than the kind of Denver um, music scene, I guess. What? And that got me thinking like, okay, well maybe uh, it got my confidence to a level where I'm like, well, you know, maybe I can, I should look at going to LA or going to New York or Nashville or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just, um, building on that and working towards doing this full time. And, you know, none of these decisions, you know, it was never, it was never like, okay, I'm just going to go, you know, I'm, I tend to think about things for a long period of time before <laughs> doing, <laughs> probably getting that impression. But, uh, no, I, cause I, I do the same yeah. thing. So, yeah, cool. So, um, yeah, I ended up playing in this band uh, called The Samples. Um, they were this band in the 90s, kind of like 
on the jam band scene, but they're on a couple major labels and um, they still have a, a pretty big following like in Denver and in a few other cities. And um, um, so that was going on and um, I, uh, but I had already started thinking about moving to LA. So I'm trying to make this transition out to LA, but I'm playing in the samples and I don't know if I'm going to lose the gig or what's going on, but I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, so I moved to LA and I get a, uh, studio apartment in Hollywood. And, um, I decided I was going to go to MI to mm -hmm. kind of get, uh, my playing together, um, right. just quickly and, you know, meet some, meet some people out there. And, mm -hmm. um, this podcast is actually sponsored by MI, which is good. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 So MI is a, a wonderful place to do that. And, um, uh, for me, it was great because, um, you know, it was short and I was a little bit older. Mm -hmm. I was like 27 at this point. Um, it was a shorter program and I could kind of go in and just practice a lot. So and, what was uh, the reasoning behind going? And I don't want this to, I mean, this isn't an ad for, for MI, sure. but what, what were you thinking? Were you, were you thinking I could network there? I could meet some people. I could maybe sort of get my ass kicked a little bit and really step up my game or was it all yeah. the above? I mean, what, what well, was your yes. thought process for that? Yeah, it was all of the above, but it, it was also, I had taken all this time off from playing right? and I felt like I needed to um, focus a little bit mm -hmm. and get, you know, get to a level where I, where I was when I was in high school, at least, um, you know, and um, I think it's amazing <laughs> Even if yeah. you're not, I mean, the there's merit to practicing, but I think it's amazing. Even if you're practicing, how you don't improve as quickly as if you're practicing and playing a lot. Absolutely. You know, yeah. like, so when I, just a quick side note, like when I started Drummer's Resource, I was like, all right, this is a business. I got to build this business. I got to work 12 hours a day and I can't really do anything else. So I was still yeah. practicing all the time, but I wasn't gigging as much. I purposely took a year off from from playing any gigs. And hmm. I felt like I was spending more time in the practice room. I was getting all this information from the greatest drummers in the world. I'm talking to them every week. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm yeah. still not getting not getting better or getting better as fast as I normally would. And it's from like from not playing out. You know, you're not you're not proving it you're not proving it in the field. So right. you're practicing all this stuff. And then it's like, you know, I was talking to my wife about this yesterday, like music is a team sport. So you can spend 15 hours a day in your room practicing and you'll get good. But I still don't think that you're going to excel as quickly if you spent three hours practicing and you were playing a hundred nights a year. Yeah. That's you know? such a great point. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've heard a lot of people compare music to speaking a language or something. I mean, you right. could, read the dictionary cover to cover and try to absorb a lot of words, but it's, you're going to sound like an idiot if you try to <laughs> exactly. say like, wow, that's a very cacophonous sound over there. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> like no one says that. So right. <laughs> it's like, you know, I learned every, you know, you could learn every, whatever, Steve Gadd transcription out of the back of modern drummer, but who cares? Like, I mean, not that that's not a great exercise. I get what you do, yeah, but yeah. you know, but out of context or out of not, context, it doesn't matter because yeah. people listen to music, not exactly. drumming. Yeah, typically, right? <laughs> except except drummers. Exactly. Yeah. The only people who care about the Steve Gadd licks are the drummers. You know? Right. Right. And you're not going to be able to play it like Steve anyway. So, um, so you're at MI because okay, you're you've stepped away. You haven't been playing for a while. You're you you feel like you gotta you got to step up your game. You go through. So what, what did you study while you were there? It was like a, a associate's degree track um, where you, you study a lot of different styles. So I, I mean, I, I was playing jazz, I was playing Latin, um, but you can also kind of go in whatever direction you want to go to there. And, um, but uh, it was a, it was actually great um, in that I, I was able to meet a lot of singer songwriters there mm -hmm. And uh, they have this uh, they have this program there where um, people come and they they um, I think it's called the Independent Artist Program. But um, so it's a great thing that there's actually people who are um, on a track to be artists and you know do their own recording and everything. And then but then there's also people who just want to you know who are in more instrumentalists. So these people get you know get together and they 
you're playing for their, you know, their projects and their recordings and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's a good way to meet people who are, you know, doing stuff um, as independent artists. So um, that kind of led to me playing with you know, a few different songwriters around town and stuff. But all this time, I'm still playing for the samples and kind of like I did with my um, engineering boss, I went to them. I was like, I'm moving to LA. Um, you know, uh, they're like, okay, cool. We'll, we'll just fly you to the gigs then. And I was shocked. I didn't know that was even an option <laughs> again. Um, nice. So they were, de- I mean, they were a decent sized band then. Yeah. I mean, they, they were still playing some big shows and um, a lot of them were in the kind of Colorado area though. So um you know, the whole band was living there, the management was there and everything. So I'm like, okay, well, clearly they're going to find someone in Denver, but right. they were actually, they were really cool to me. And they were like, no, we'll just like flights are cheap. Just fly out. The interesting thing about that is there's two times that you've sort of mentioned something or brought something up or asked for something and got it. You got the part-time gig with the engineering thing. And then you get sort of this part-time gig with the samples had you never like you could have walked into your job and like or you could have never made the transition because you're like oh it'll it'll never happen i think to me it's just like if you never ask for it or you never broach the topic it's just it's never going to happen most people think that everyone's going to say no everyone's like oh that's not an option you can't do that and i like sorry to put all my anecdotes in here but like four years ago my wife was like, I want to work in wine and that can never happen. Blah, 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 blah. Now, four years later, we now live in San Francisco because my wife got this marketing gig for the biggest wine company. Hmm. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, well, if you, if you ask for it, if you go get it, you know, it's there. It's, it's just, I mean, it's not going to be easy, but like, but all of these things of, of, I, I think that people think that they just happen, but it's like, no, yeah. I took this one thing. And then I put it on top of this other thing. And then from there I did this thing. And then, you know, I'm slowly, I'm slowly transitioning to that. It's not like one day you just flip the light switch and you're like, all right, I'm just playing professionally. I'm not in, you know, I'm, I'm just doing it now and I'm not an engineer anymore. Yeah. I think it's just being open to things and, um, not getting it in your head that, oh no, I I have to quit. So I'm just, you know, I'm just going to like burn that bridge down and move on. Like, just- well, and I also think it's overwhelming. Don't you like if you, yeah. if, if I said if, so how long did that, did the whole transition take for you to playing music full time? Yeah. From like day gig, full time uh, day gig, weekend warrior to playing full time. About six, seven years. Okay. So if, if you rewind to when you're playing, when you're working full time and you're like, Hey man, tomorrow, you got to quit your day gig and you and start playing full time. You're like that, that's so that's so overwhelming that you're like I'm not even going to try it. Yeah, and you're going to bring all this uh, nervous, freaked out energy to every situation you're in, and right probably turn some people off. I mm-hmm. mean, I've been there. Like right, um, you get you know it's scary sometimes mm-hmm. putting yourself out there. Um, but yeah, um, it just it worked out for me to just do things slowly. Um, but I think that everybody does that. It's like yeah. the, you know, the 10 year overnight success thing where, you know, drummer's resource didn't make any money in the beginning, you know, it was yeah. a gra- and I did other things mm. to make money because this wasn't. So it was a gradual process. Like any, anyone that you talk to, whether you're trying to play, play full time or whether you're trying to build a business or whether you're trying to lose weight or whatever, it doesn't matter what it is. Sure even if it takes 10 years, like those 10 years are going to pass regardless, whether you're working on this thing or not. And I think we oftentimes get overwhelmed by looking at other people and being like, Oh man, they're up here doing all this stuff and I'm never going to get there because I'm here. And it's like, yeah, well they did. They worked on that for 15 years, like go in a room, you know, and work on this for 15 years and come out. Like I remember talking to Stanton Moore and he was like, here's my advice for every band who wants to get to where we were, get in a van and tour around the country for 10 years. Mm -hmm. He was like, cause that's what we did. We didn't just blow up. You know, he's like, we played in front of two people for (laughs) five years. You know what I mean? Fish did the same thing. And now they're playing third, they're playing 12 or 13 nights at Madison square garden sold out. (laughs) 
in a row, you know? It's incredible. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's insane. But it's like, like, it just, I don't know. I guess I'm, uh, me, yeah. this is like, I'm hijacking this conversation because I'm no, just, no. <laughs> because I get so, I get a lot of emails about it and you are the, the shining example of like, this shit takes time, man. It does. It takes time. So s- slowly build this yeah. thing rather than just trying to jump in, you know, all yeah. in tomorrow. And you're gonna fall on your face. Um, of course. Especially moving to a, a competitive music market like LA. Um, you're gonna make mistakes, probably. You're gonna, um, you're gonna learn things. Um, you're not gonna just show up and, you know, be ready to go. Right. <laughs> People right. have to be able to trust you. It takes time. So um, definitely helps to have some sort of um, cushion, you know, mm-hmm. some kind of financial plan that's going to help you um you know when uh when you don't get the gig or you right. you know right whatever it is mm-hmm. um so yeah for me i was that first year in la i was i was still flying out doing the samples gigs on the weekends i was still doing uh, engineering from home mm-hmm. and um i was putting myself out there in la and studying and practicing and um, just doing all these things, right. learning theory, um, which I'd never really done before. And um, so, yeah, that was a really great, really great year or two, actually. Um, and uh, you know, it's 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 uh, it's worked out pretty well <laughs> <laughs> somehow. So totally, it only makes sense looking backwards. Of course. Of course. I mean, that's who uh, I think Steve Jobs said. You can only connect the dots going back. You can't do it going forward. You know, no, you never know how you're going to get from A to B. You just know that if you keep working towards it somehow, mm-hmm. you're going to get there. You know yeah. what I mean? So if you, you know, if you're in LA and you need to get to San Francisco, you know, if you go north, you may not know exactly how to get there, but if you go north, you're going to end up close to there at some point. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. A quick pause for the cause, and then we're back with Ben. It's one thing to talk about how great Dream symbols are, but it's another thing to actually hear them for yourselves. And the good thing about Dream is not only do they sound great, but they're also priced well below the competitors' prices, so that way you can actually afford to buy these symbols. And if you don't think you can get a great-sounding symbol at a low price, check out DreamSymbols.com. But first, I want you to take a listen to what these things sound like. To learn more about Dream Symbols, be sure to check them out at dreamsymbols.com. Hey, listen up, guys. If your drumming progress has hit the ceiling, the best thing to do is for you to get in front of a professional player that can really help you work through some of the issues that you're having. Now, Musicians Institute has over 20 working L.A. drummers, including Gordon Campbell, Kenny Arnoff, Ryan Brown, Blair Sinta, Brendan Buckley, Jason Sutter. All these guys are there to help you work out the issues that you're having with your playing. You can learn more about the great drum programs by going to mi.e. Musicians Institute, instrumental in life. Now more with Ben Lotion. So you're in LA and you're, so now you got to make the transition from playing from this full-time band to, to figuring out you, cause you need some sustainability in LA. Like you can't fly yeah. to Colorado all the yeah. time. And I'm guessing that it like the, the money wasn't so killing that you were like, it wasn't like, you know, mm-hmm. a fly date a month and that was like paying your, you know, paying all your expenses and everything, you know? Right. I mean? Of course not. Um, yeah, it, it was, uh, I definitely felt that it was, it got to a point where it was kind of keeping me from doing as many things as I should be doing here in right. LA. And um, that's, that's the, actually the, the other side of all this, I think, um, sort of a double-edged sword because if you're too comfy maybe you're not going to um you're not going to have that that drive to go out there and make something happen you know? right right uh, so maybe there's a balance there but yeah i felt like oh well i already have a gig so there were times when i'm like oh should i go to this thing or this jam session or whatever and it, it was a little harder to motivate myself and i could see myself um kind of going down that road and i'm like mm-hmm. wait okay no so it was time to kind of move on after a while, and um, but um, one, you know, I have the samples to thank for, um, you know, some of the opportunities I've had here in LA actually because um, I 
I just heard uh, Blair Sinta on here is mm-hmm. talking about Barry Squire. So um, Barry, um, Barry knew some of the older guys in the samples and he was, he was aware of the band at least. Um, and for people who don't, level. I mean, we talked about yeah. him numerous times, but Barry was, he's a, I, he was like, he found gigs for people all the time. Yeah. Like he knew where all the auditions are. He knew, you know, where I say knew he's still around. He still is at MI, but um, yeah. you know, like, knows the auditions, who to contact the guys. He's, he's basically a connector, right? Is right. that the best way we, that you would describe him? Yeah, that's a good word for him. Yeah, I'm going to get him on the podcast because yeah. oh, that would be great. That'd so be, many people yeah. have, have brought his name up. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm actually, I'm going down uh, to MI next week. So I'm going to, I want to cool. connect with him and, and talk to him and then get him on the podcast. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, I think he's still involved over there. Um, he definitely was, at the time I was I was going through and I knew that going in and that that played into my decision to go there because um, I knew you know maybe I could uh, meet him and whatever mm-hmm. um, there was already this connection so um, I did and he sent me on a few of like my first auditions and um, that led to uh, playing um, with this band that that uh, had just got signed to Capitol called the ceremonies and um, did some touring with, <clears throat> with them. And, and that just led to other musical directors and kind of other people. And um, yeah, so there's, there's kind of a connection between, you know, MI, Barry, the samples, right. Denver engineering all the way back. <laughs> so, so now as it stands, where, where does most of your money come from? Is it through engineering? Is it from studio? Is it from touring? Oh, it's definitely from touring. From touring? Say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm in the middle of a tour right now, kind of. I mean, I'm off um, back home, but we've been <clears throat> we've been um, out since February. Um, it's a it's an artist called Son, mm-hmm. um, S-O-H-N, um, and uh, he's this uh, British producer, writer, um, singer, and um, you know, with a live band. It's kind of an electronic show, but with a live band and so it's like me playing drums and three people playing keyboards and nice. manipulating vocal effects. It's a ton of fun. But um, so, yeah, we we did Europe and then came here, um, did like a U.S.-Canada thing um, that went all the way through uh, Coachella. And uh, <clears throat> we're in a few days, I'm going to go to uh, Europe again. And we're just doing festivals like two, three a week. Um, awesome. But Vienna is going to be kind of a, a home base for us. Um, we're, you know, so we'll be doing fly dates from there all summer. Right. But, yeah. So I'm, I'm interested because there's, there's seemingly a gap of, okay, I got connected with these people, you know, through Barry, through the, through um, the samples. I almost said the shins for some reason, um, <laughs> the samples. And so how long ago was that? Because there's, because I, what I'm trying to figure out is when you were sort of on this path, I don't want to say like, okay, I've made it, but thinking, uh, you know what? I think, uh, I think things are going to be okay. I think that I think I've successfully made this transition. So from, mm. from getting these connections through Barry to sort of where you're at now, there's a Delta. So what was, what did that road look like? How did, at what point did you realize that it was going to sort of be okay? And how were you sort of cobbling together that, that existence at the time um it's a loaded question yeah, that's <laughs> well i was i was still doing uh the engineering drawings but I, i've always been able to kind of find other little jobs between tours and stuff so all through la and everything um, you were still doing yeah. the engineering stuff well yeah up until a few years ago yeah okay um, okay and um so i uh i started working for um this small record label that's based here um there's a, it's like a producer's label. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Eric Korn is the producer's name, but he, um, so he has a label and um, I've been able to do a lot of um, kind of like promotional stuff and administrative stuff uh, for them and, um, and also some studio engineering. So that's a whole kind of other endeavor I've gotten into um, when I'm not on the road. Um, so yeah, um, recording, um, social media and like online marketing stuff I do for, I still do that for, uh, um, there's a, a singer songwriter in, um, 
Austin, I do that for, and a few other people who are um, involved with this label, and um, getting more into producing now. So, I mean, I, I think that's something that a lot of us drummers are doing. You know, um, I, I think everybody's doing, doing it. Yeah, every the entire economy, right? Just, well, uh, I, I think there's this this misunderstanding that like you all these people that you sort of look up to are just like they go on the road and then they just come home and then they just like kick it and they just play drums all day, you know, and then they go back out on the road. And it's like, yeah, the you know, like Chad Smith does that because he's worth for whatever, 40 million dollars. You know what I mean? But one of one of the biggest changes or shifts in my mindset was when I had Billy Martin on the podcast and he talked about how it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what how you pay your bills so it doesn't matter if you know if you work for a label and play you know and tour and do this and do this it doesn't matter if you you know if if you have a waitressing gig and then you do this ever because everybody talks about oh i want to i want to be doing this full time i want to be doing this full time it's like well most of the time you're not playing music anyway so you've have some other things in there that can fill up your time. You're not just going to play drums all day. Right. You're not going to play drums 16 hours a day for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I want to get rid of that negative connotation of like, unless you're playing drums and you're on tour and that's how you make your money, then like, you're not a perfect. And it's like, I just, it's bullshit. Yeah. So it is, it's bullshit. Um, especially in today's climate, you know, like you have to be doing all sorts of other things to, to pay your bills. And like, if you're still involved in music, then who cares what you do? You know? Yeah. And I think, I think if there's a symbiosis at least between the different kind of odd jobs you have and whatever your main thing is, whether that's playing and touring or whatever. Um, if you're, if you're, um, a singer songwriter and you have a, a bartending gig, well, maybe that helps you because it's flexible. You're making good money and, but you're also meeting a ton of people and maybe, someone walks in who, uh, you know, hires you for their private party or whatever, and then your rent's paid for the next three right. months, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I try to, um, if I'm doing things for money outside of playing my drums, I try to um, have them be things where I'm, I'm still, you know, around music. I'm mm -hmm. still working in music. I, Actually, um, this label I was telling you about, um, a few of the, the artists on the label I've ended up um, playing with around town or uh, recording with. So everything always feeds everything else. Yeah, it's I, I think it's just closed minded to think like, oh, I can just play drums. And, and, you know, like, frankly, the reason why I started Drummer's Resource was like, I don't want to take tours that I don't want to do. Like, I don't yeah. I don't want to do a tour for three hundred fifty dollars a week in a van. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, I'd rather stay home and hang out with my wife. So yeah. I might as well have another source of income to where somebody calls me for that. I say, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. But it's still music. So what you really want is freedom. Right? That you know? dude, I swear to God, I was just like writing some notes today. Yeah. And I've always said this, like you can look back at interviews that I've done on here and getting interviewed, like freedom is by far 100% hands down the most important thing in my life. That's it. Mm -hmm. So like the power of being able to say no, to, like tomorrow, if I want to lay in bed all day long, I can. <laughs> Not that I would ever want to do that, but if I want to, right. I can. Or Good to know you can, yeah. Or if I want to go to, like my family lives in Italy. If I want to go to Italy for three weeks, I don't have to ask anybody permission. I don't have to do any. I just buy a ticket and go. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's great. That is that to me is that's that's the ultimate happiness mm -hmm. is freedom. That's that's all yeah. I want. Bring a laptop. You can probably do this podcast from Italy, dude. I'm I, guessing I was I was gone the entire <laughs> month. Have. I was gone the entire month of October last year, and you know it didn't it didn't change. All the podcasts came out on time. I have a great team that I work with too, like the guys who work for me. Yeah. Um. But like I did all the interviews. I did. Yeah. It's just. And I'm not saying this to, I'm I'm not saying this to brag or or anything like that. But what I am saying is that if you wanna if you wanna do something or you wanna have that freedom or you wanna take control of your situation, you can. And it's not gonna happen overnight. And I don't want people to get discouraged by the fact that it's not gonna happen overnight. You know what I mean? That yeah, it's gonna yeah. take some time, but it's gonna be worth it. When like right now, looking back, you're like, hell yeah, it was worth it. 
Yeah. Aren't you glad that you did it now? You know, yeah, yeah. At the time, you're probably like, this is the dumbest thing. I shouldn't be doing oh, this. You know, I'm so sure many you times, have that. So many times. It's like, what am I doing? This is crazy. Yeah. But but I was able to think about how I felt when I was nine to five engineering and miserable. And, mm-hmm. um, not that that wasn't a great job, but it's just, you know, just thinking about just continually asking yourself, well, what do you want to do? Right. If I, I wasn't doing this, thing, what, yeah. what do you want to do? Yeah. I often ask myself that. It's like, if someone's like, all right, I'll give you a million dollars a year. So you don't have to worry about making money. What would you want to do? What do you want? What do you want to do? And it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. as long as I'm still doing the same thing, then I'm on the right path. If you're like, oh, I would be doing that. And it's like, well, then you should start working towards that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that. I I think that's a good way to think of it. And not that economics don't play a part of it. And the, the one thing that you were mentioning about, you know, about doing this full time and, and, and not working the nine to five thing. I also want to say, and I think that you say the same thing. If you want to work a nine to five job and play on the weekends, that's cool too. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. And I've seen many, many phenomenal, badass, successful drummers that have a nine to five gig, you know, mm-hmm. like there's nothing wrong with that. So if you're cool with that, then I think you should do it. I, like personal happiness, you know, that's all it comes down to. Yeah. It gives a course. shit what everybody else those are yeah yeah so um so do you teach in la too or or are you not doing the private thing at the moment no um because i'm just too busy with touring but um i have and i enjoy it and um i'm actually uh i'm actually looking to uh working on setting up some some teaching stuff in uh, europe this summer Um, nice i mentioned i'll I'll be in vienna so um when will you be in vienna anyone's listening out there (laughs) Hit me up. What do you mean but, uh, if anyone's listening? What do you think? <laughs> this is like, this goes into the abyss and no one listens to it? There's, I mean, at least seven people listen to my podcast. Yeah, yeah. At least. Viet, seven Viet, uh, Viennese drummers. You'd be surprised, man. Yeah, actually, there's a lot of really super great killer players out there in, in Germany, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, just yeah. like, I was surprised to see like the audience where where the audience is. You know, it's like obviously the United States, but then it's like my second biggest market is Australia. Oh, interesting. Huge. It's, I don't know. It's weird. Um, but so when are you going to be in Vienna? Well, um, leaving next, uh, next Wednesday. So, um, I'll be there June through the end of July. You're going to be in Vienna the whole time? Well, yeah. I mean, flying out for gigs, but, uh, but yeah, I'll be living in Vienna. Oh, nice. So are you do? are, do you already have it set up with teaching or you're just, you're saying while you're there, you're going to maybe do some. Um, I'm, uh, it's, uh, it's in the works. So okay. yeah. yeah well, it's, I, so nothing's for sure yet. But, I'll tell you what, once you get the yeah. info about it, send it to me yeah. and I can post it in the show notes so that people can check it out. So oh, that'd be that awesome. Way, so that way, if people want to hook up with you while you're there, then it, that would be a good way to do it. So what's the best way right. for people to connect with you outside of, um, outside of the, the Vienna thing, like your website, your social, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, the best way is just my website. It's benlotion.com and I'll spell that L O S H I N. So yeah, everything's there. Perfect. And I will link up to that in the show notes. And before we go, I want to say two things. One, sure. I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I appreciate it. I know everybody's busy and for people to take an hour plus out of their day to sit down and, and, talk to me. I don't take that lightly. So I do appreciate that. And two, I want to congratulate you on the success that you've had. And I think what you did was not only was it not easy, it is very scary to do. And I applaud you for doing it, especially not that you were old when you did it, but you were, I think that you were older than most people and had this cushy job and could have sort of, you know, rid that out or rode that out for a while, I should say. Um, So I congratulate you on that. And I think that's an inspiration for the people that are listening that if you want to go do this and, and you really want to make a career in music, it's possible, but you have to take it slowly. You have to put one foot in front of the other and one building block on top of the next. It's not going to happen overnight, Yeah, but it's definitely 100% possible and doable. So go out there and do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, I think it's I think it's wonderful what you're doing, um, having Thank people you, on and sharing all these different stories. Everyone has an interesting story, mm-hmm. um, and 
you know, also if anyone's out there, you know, thinking about doing, you know, uh, making these decisions that I made or, you know, struggling with any of this, they can always uh, get a hold of me and, you know, cool. I love hearing from people. So good deal. Yeah. You're the guy to talk to, I think. <laughs> right on, Nick. Thanks, well, man. Ben, thank you so much for doing this. I really do. I, I do appreciate it. And uh, I'll be talking to you soon. Right on. All right, brother. Thank you. There you have it. I hope that you dug that. I hope it inspired you. I hope it gave you some ideas of how you yourself can transition from a full-time thing, working to a full-time gig, playing drums for a living, if that's what you want to do. If you don't, that's cool too. But hopefully if you do, this is this is going to give you a little bit of uh a little bit of inspiration to go out there and do that and some tactical stuff that you can take away and actually implement into into your dreams and goals of going out and playing full time. And for the links to everything that we talked about, you can go to drummersresource.com forward slash session 275. And I have a question for you. I'm curious to see how many of you use the show notes page, how many of you go and actually check them out, click on the links, comment on there, all that stuff. And the reason why I ask is because I know that this is a mobile thing. A podcast is mainly people listening to it on their phones and things like that. And I want to know how many of you are actually going to the website and checking out the the show notes. And I'm asking because I'm wondering, they take a long time to write, and I'm wondering if you're getting value out of them. If you're not getting value out of them, then I don't see the point in writing them if no one's reading them and and no one's getting the value out of them. So do me a favor. If you are reading the show notes, go to drummersresource.com forward slash session 275 on this session and just leave a comment that you do appreciate those notes or or if you don't use them you know you can even just shoot me a message on twitter or something and just let me know that you don't check out the show notes no hard feelings i'm i just legitimately want to know one way or another so that would be a big help to me and until the next podcast keep drumming thank you so much for listening and if you're listening to this on a friday have a fantastic weekend and i'll be talking to you soon Peace.